Wow. Wow. What uh, an overwhelming response that we've already gotten from our listeners, those who've, who've subscribed mm-hmm. um, concerning our podcast. Our last episode that we did was titled When uh, Marriage and Ministry Collide. And we have gotten an uh, overwhelming response to that uh, episode. Uh, and so we decided to do a part two um, of that episode. Um, but with the focus tonight to be on a question that was brought to our attention or uh, one of our listeners wanted us to speak on and is that that is um, do we force our kids to serving into ministry do we force our kids to serving into ministry so this is part two of when marriage and ministry collides and tonight we're going to talk about that mm-hmm. so um, you know the first thing I want to start off in saying is that um, you know, serving God, again, we will say this again, serving God is a privilege. Uh, we should be wanting to serve God. We should be wanting to serve God's people. Um, but when we serve God's people, we have to do it with excellence. We have to do it with passion. We have to do it with zeal. And in order to do that, you have to have a certain character. Mm-hmm. Right? Your character must be at the highest level in order to serve God's people and his house with excellence. But I believe that sometimes that character is not portrayed because I think that some kids or some people felt as if they were forced to serve in ministry rather than wanting to serve in ministry. So there's a famous scripture that we all know it's used a lot and it's quoted a lot probably by grandmother, aunties, uncles, even parents sometimes. And it's Proverbs 22 verses 6 where it says, train up a child in the way that it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. A lot of times we use that scripture to relate it to training up a child to serve in ministry. But really, when we think about the book Proverbs, it's really all about wisdom. It is. And even from a wisdom perspective, it's wisdom and discernment, and it was really designed for the youth to teach the youth how to discern. That's good. To teach the youth how to make right decisions. So when we talk about that scripture, Proverbs 22, training up a child in the way it should go really is all about train up your child to make the right decisions in life on what decisions they should be making, what's right versus what's wrong. So that way, when they do depart from right and they find themselves in wrong, they'll always remember what right was and get themselves back on track. It's not all design of serving in ministry. It's about teaching them right from wrong. So how did we get here? Why do you think, babe, that certain kids or certain households force their kids into serving into ministry? I believe that they force their children in ministry because if they are pastors or if they are leaders in the church, that is what they believe is right. 
So it's a form of keeping up an image. Mm -hmm. If I'm preaching, if I'm teaching, if I'm singing, then my daughter or my son should also do that as well. And it also really depends on um, your status as well, because if you own your own church, I have seen how there are um, leaders, pastors who they will put their sons um, in ministry or groom them up so therefore they can one day take over the church mm -hmm. and a lot of times that son may not want to take over the church because the son may have dreams and aspirations and maybe he wants to pursue acting you know or you know or other things out in the world um, I have even witnessed how um, um, a, um, a neighbor of ours years ago who um he was a part of the church and he was getting ready to take over his grandfather's church but he couldn't because of a sin that he had committed and because of that um prior to that you know that he was being groomed up and everybody knew him as the pastor's kid the preaching kid but it was this one thing this one stain and that kind of you know um, made him fall backwards so i believe that it's a pressure that a lot of kids go through when they are um, a part of a pastoring family mm -hmm. you know you need to be groomed up in this way because this is um, what the family is involved in so you too need to be involved in this as well mm -hmm. um, it's a form of again an image that um, needs to be passed down from generation to generation it's a good thing I can say that it really is but do it really fall in line with God's will for your children's life that is the question yeah you said some key too that you know our children have identity they have their own identity and um, at some point um, they're going to grow up with a idea of what they want to be and what they want to do in life um, and I think it's our job to keep them on the right path of making those right decisions toward that mm -hmm. um, you know speaking of that Proverbs uh, also talks about uh, verses 22 verse 15 it talks about the foolishness of the child. It says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of, dis of discipline will drive it far away. So our kids are gonna be kids. You know, they're going to, they they're gonna have foolishness in them. They wanna have fun. They're gonna make, do silly mistakes. And you know, you think of the cool kid metaphor, um, you know, wanna be popular, wanna be seen, wanna be known, wanna, wanna make, uh, uh, everyone laugh but in that also means that they're going to make some bad decisions mm -hmm. and this is why we as adults and parents have to train them up in the right things to do mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that we shut down their dreams and their aspirations for the sake of what we think they should be doing and you know and that reminds me of the story of Eli's sons um that's found in the book of first Samuel. And I remember with Eli's sons, they really were not qualified to lead or to be priests like their father was a priest. Um, all of them were um, altar workers, all right? When the people would come and bring their offerings, they would um, take the meat and they would eat the meat. Um, 
their sons were also known as uh, sleeping with other women who worked at the tent or the church. Mm -hmm. Those things were very detestable to God. God was not pleased with that. Mm -hmm. All right. But my question that I have about that story, and that is how did they get involved in ministry? Or was it because their father was in ministry and he just put them in ministry? Yeah. That is the same exact thing that happens in today's church. Yeah. Some people look at it as, hey, I'm in ministry. My children should also be in ministry as well. But the question that we have to ask, and that is, are our children qualified in leading mm. in ministry? It's a different story when you have um, your children and because you are a uh, a um musician and you're raising your son up to play the drums okay and he's following his dad's footsteps you know in that way um it's totally different when you want your children to be involved in um praise dancing all right and um and your children are involved in certain things as that but what if they come to you and they say you know what mom Dad, I really don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to sing on a praise team anymore. I think that I need to sit back. Yeah. I really need to explore who I am because I really don't know who I am. And, you know, and my heart is not really in it. Now, honestly, I'm a parent and that probably would break my heart because if I have always put my daughter in something and had them involved in something or my son involved in things, you know, and one day they tell me that that probably would really crush me and break my heart. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? Yeah. Satan, you are a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> blame it on the devil. Right. Blame it on the devil. Yeah. But as parents, we have to realize and understand that our children are loaned to us. And that our children do not belong to us because they are God's children and they have their own path to walk. Yeah. And that path may require them to go out into the world and maybe they want to explore their dreams, their aspirations, whatever that may be. And as a godly parent, we have to extend that grace, that mercy to them, and that love to them to say, okay, it's okay for you to be what God wants you to be and not what mommy and daddy needs you to be. Yeah. You know, I think, too, with that, it's critical, too, that we, as parents, we're able to take time out to discern the times that our kids are going through or are living in. Um, I think that, you know, we have to be able to have an ear to uh, what they want to do in life. Um, you know, so many kids, they deal with the peer pressure. Um, they deal with the comparison yeah. trick of having to compare. Guess what? Our kids sometimes feel like they got to compete with our occupations in order to just be, um, for us to be their dad or for us to be their mom. They mm -hmm. feel like they have to compete with things. You'll you'll be surprised of that. Um, but I think we also, as parents, have to be able to discern our, our, the hearts of our children to fully understand what it is that they want to do. Do we have those conversations with our kids? Do we sit them down and say, hey, you see me serving in ministry. Do you see this as something you want to do? Mm. You'll be surprised the answer you'll get 
by asking those questions to your kids. And in that, you'll be surprised to see if they're even watching what you're doing. <laughs> because that'll tell you right now what the, where their interest is really is. It's not in it. Or if they are watching you, it's there. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to feed, and then you'll be able to grow that passion that's within them. Yeah, and um, pressuring them into doing something in ministry that they may not want to do, it causes frustration in them. Yeah. And then that frustration can um, actually turn into rebellion eventually. Yeah. And that's something mm -hmm. that you do not want. Yeah. I have had conversations um, years ago with pastor kids, and um, I used to work with a couple of them. And... Um, and they would tell me their journey. They would tell me their story and how they completely fell off as they got older yeah. in their teen years. And, you know, and they really were involved in some, you know, very tough situations. And I'm like, wait a minute. Now with me, because of the, the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom that I have, I'm like, wait a minute. It's a blessing to be born, you know, to a pastor. It's a blessing, I believe, but to pastor kids, they may look at it as nah, because we grew up with a whole bunch of pressure, everybody looking at us, everybody talking about us. If we not sitting right, if we're not talking right, you know, um, if we're listening to the wrong music, that can really hurt children, believe it or not, and that's the pressure of it all. Yeah. trying to compete just like my baby said trying to compete with your parents and the words that's coming out of their mouth so they'll do things to act out yeah because i'm trying to get up out of this mold yeah. and this shell of what my mom and dad has put me in yeah. so they're trying to break out of this box and sometimes breaking out of that box is rebellion yeah you know, and you don't want that to set in. You don't want rebellion and resentment towards serving God's people and God's heart house to set in. Because guess what? At some point, this individual, this daughter, this son, it's going to grow up mm -hmm. and it's going to have a family of its own. Mm. And, you know, the perfect situation we all would want is for our kids to marry someone who's passionate and love God. Yeah, yeah. Right? But what happens when you've grown up with rebellion or resentments to God's house and to serving God's people because you were forced to do it? Mm. Now you don't want to have anything to do with it. You marry someone who's very passionate and loves to do it, mm -hmm. and now your home is unbalanced. Yeah. Now your home is unbalanced. Now, don't get me wrong. Maybe all that should come out in premarital counseling, and then you find out, oh, okay, this ain't the person for me. But sometimes it don't happen that way. Sometimes that... You know, we say, oh, God told me this is my wife, and we go out and marry him. God told me this is my husband, we go out and marry him. Regardless of what the naysayers say, we do it. And then we find out, like, oh, wait a minute. I don't really like serving in church. Mm. But, babe, I love serving the church. Well, I don't like serving the church, so we're going to have to choose. Yeah. Then now you have this situation of unbalance. So this is why we talk about when, mar when ministry and marriage collide. And this is why we're having part two, because believe it or not, from the responses we got, yes, sometimes forcing our kids into ministry can be devastating to them, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can be very devastating to them. So how do we get out of this? How do we 
get around this problem. We want our children to serve in ministry. We want them to walk upright in the things of God. So how do we do it without having to necessarily um, put our foot on it mm -hmm. and make them do it? Well, number one, I'm going to take you to Deuteronomy 6 um, and show you something here that we all should do. And it's very basic and simple. And I take it back to practical things that we can do when we're dealing with our children. Now, in Deuteronomy 6, uh, Moses was commanded to teach the people of Israel the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments and regulations of the Lord. And it says, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to, to teach you, that ye may do them in the land, whether ye go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all thy statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons, all the days of thy life, and thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that, they, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. I'm going to jump down to verse 7 because here's where I really want to point out. And thou shalt teach them diligently until thy children. And thou shalt talk to them when thou sittest in thy house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou layest down and when thou risest up. So the first thing we should be doing is teaching our children Number one, the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments of God. So what does that mean? We should be teaching our children how to be God-fearing. How to be God-fearing. Number two, we should be teaching them how to love like God. Why are those two things so important? Well, if you teach them and they understand how to fear God, then they'll probably understand how to follow God's commandments and to do the things that God is asking and requiring of them as they get older. And then if you teach them how to love like God, then you teach them how to deal with God's people. Mm. So you teach them two things at the same time that will balance them to understand that if I want to serve in ministry, these are two things I must do. Mm-hmm. I must fear God and follow his commandments and his ways and understand what God requires of me. And I must love God's people like God loves. Mm. Yes. And then number three, I'll add. Yes. To be an example. Yeah. You serving, they seeing you serve, it will spark something within them. Yeah. To say, man, I really want to get involved. I really want to do this thing. I really want to um, serve the people the way how my mom and dad is serving the people. But again, as time goes on, you're teaching them character. Yeah. You're teaching them the um, judgment or the fear of God. Yeah. So therefore they can have that within their heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, while they're learning that as they get older, watch this. Again, we go back to training up a child. You teach them those principles and right from wrong to make right decisions. As they get older, they'll understand if I do this, 
God, this is what God requires. These are the consequences behind my action. Not forcing them, hey, you're going to serve on the, the usher board or you're going to serve on the deacon board or you're going to serve on this. You know, Holy Spirit just hit me too with this. I'm sorry, I got to say this, but also training up a child means to train them up with their gifts to use it for God. Train up your child with their uniqueness to serve God with their gift. So if their gift is writing, singing, dancing, poetry, um, filming, drawing, whatever that gift is, you should be training your child up to use that gift for God, not forcing them into ministry, but to use their gift for God. Wow, that was good. That's good. That was good. Because as I, I remember, you know, my, my dad, he, he started uh, serving in the house of God consistently in his late 30s to early 40s. Um, so by that time, it was too late to train me up, <laughs> train me up. I was, you know, I was kind of already out there doing my own thing. But I still remember, though, the things of old because while maybe I didn't get the training up at from the childhood up from there through my dad because he started working in the house of God consistently in his later age. My grandmother, bless her heart, who's no longer with us, um, she actually lived in the church, like literally lived in the church, uh, in the church basement uh, with my mother. And so in those times, um, as I was matriculating up through my early childhood days, she taught me how to fear God. She taught me how to be a God-fearing man as I should be as I got older and how to love God people, mm. how to have that love within my heart, which is where I get my character from when it comes to those traits that I have. So this is why it's important that you train up your child in the right ways, right ways, not what you think is right for them or what you want them to do because you're doing it and you want them to be like you. Huh. That's another another topic for another episode, but um, that's how I we believe and I believe that you should be training up your child and not forcing them into ministry. Exactly. And even looking at our own children, we don't force our children um, into ministry. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a 14-year-old. Yeah. Um, we try to tread lightly on um, what we want her to do when it comes to ministry yeah. because we don't want um, we don't want any resentment or anything to set up in her heart where if she feels like we're forcing her that she will shy away from it and don't want to deal with it. Right, and um, and even having a um, conversation with her um, just recently, um, yeah. asking her, you know, um, what are some things that she would want to do? And I remember when um, when it really caught me off guard, but she said, Mommy, I want to cast out demons. Mm. That's what I want to do. Mm. And I'm like, really? Mm. You know, and that puts something, a spark within me because I'm like, okay, well, we need to get you ready. We need to get you prepared for this thing. Yeah. But, you know, she expressed that to me, but she said, well, mom, you know, I know that it's not time yet. Wow. 
I know that it's not time. Maybe when I get older, yes, but I know that it's not time yet. And that remind me of when Jesus' mother um, at the wedding and Jesus' mom said, turn the water into wine wow. for the people. And Jesus said, woman, it's not my time. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so yes, absolutely. So that is something that I am keeping within my heart about my baby girl. She's 14, but she's still my baby. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's critical. You you know, as you were talking again, Holy Spirit revealed something to me about that, too, is that sometimes our kids don't want to deal with ministry because they see the stuff we doing. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Right. Like, don't get it twisted. Your kid's watching you. Yeah, absolutely. Your kid's watching you come home stressed out. Mm-hmm. Pastor, mm-hmm. deacon, yeah, worship leader. <laughs> so this is why we got to be careful that we lead by example. Right. Because if it is our heart's desire for our kids to follow, to do the things of God that we're doing, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see your son if you're a pastor, to see your son able to follow in your footsteps. Yeah. Because that creates legacy and that builds legacy yeah. in that um, spectrum or in that era. But at the same time, if you are serving God and you ain't serving him with excellence and you treating people any type of way, why would you want your kids to follow in those footsteps? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be real now. Let's put it all out there. <laughs> Why would you want your kids to follow in those footsteps and doing the things that you're doing, serving the way you're serving? That's right. Bad company is just creating bad company. Because <laughs> what he see you do, he's probably ultimately willing to duplicate that because he thinks that what daddy did or what mommy did was the right thing to do or it's how it should be done. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you got to be careful how you're serving and how you're leading. So that's it. We just wanted to uh, have that discussion because it was it was an overwhelming response to deal with that topic that is kind of beating around and hitting around and tiptoed around, quite frankly, a lot that people don't want to talk about it. And that's how do we deal with our kids in ministry and do we force our kids to serve in ministry? So we love you guys. We thank you guys for subscribing. Continue to subscribe and let us know um, that you're listening. Uh, and go to our website. GodFamilyWorks.us. That's one word, GodFamilyWorks.us. Take care.